Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World Minute where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And I'm Dave. And on this episode we're discussing Minute 88 of Jurassic World. But before we get to that, David, we're heading over to Jurassic-Peter.com not to uh, spark up the map discussion again, but to uh, have a closer look at the topographical view map that we do get to see in this minute. Um, the ACU map we've seen early in the in their change rooms and now this minute Owen's got it on the, uh, on the briefing table talking mm-hmm. about uh, the possible location of the Indominus uh, Sector 5. Not a lot of detail apart from the topography on this one. There is some uh, smaller uh, ACU outposts on and that sort of thing, but apart from that, it's uh, just a just a topo map. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically just like a satellite view with some very CGI'd mountains that we see, and I've already complained plenty about the whole mountain business how like beaches just randomly turn into mountains and mountains just ran it's like if you've ever seen a one of those map paintings where like from star trek the original star trek series where they have the map paintings the map of the background of the mountainous background but they're on a sandy floored set it's like (laughs) And the backgrounds really kind of don't match the set so much. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you got Mount Sibo here. It's just labeled Volcano, but it is obviously Sibo. And it's actually a satellite view of a volcano in Belarus, I want to say, that has been very shoddily uh, photoshopped into some various other mountains. We've complained about playing about this plenty before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even the size of the crater, like it's massive when you're comparing it to the mm-hmm. rest of the uh, the rest of the island as well. With how small we know Nublar is, it's um, it's bigger than the whole lagoon area. <laughs> yeah, and then we get the actual we get to actually see it in Fallen Kingdom, and the it's of course a stratovolcano, so it's more of a classic kind of. Um, cone shape with the uh, tall mountainous peak and the thin top and that whole side blows Mount St. Helens style mm. in Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. Also of note here too, they do have the uh, the lagoon and the, the resort uh, things back in the middle. Uh, but the orientation of it, it's got the uh, innovation centre in the northeast corner or pointing to the northeast with no mountain ranges behind it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
So the orientation on that's wrong. <laughs> it's kind of just strange because it's, I mean, it's supposed to be a reference map used by the staff, like um, ACU, and you can actually see it in the ACU locker room in the background. I think we mentioned that on, during that minute. Mm. But the map itself is you weren't you were very obviously not meant to get a closer look at this outside of the movie, in spite of the fact that Universal released it as a poster. <laughs> Because, for example, I mean, like the, um, I think it's Sector 4 and Sector 5 are actually flipped on this map. I, I think they're supposed to be the opposite way around. Mm. And that's that's the problem with props in general. It's They're made for the magic of movies to be half hidden. Um, we only see sort of Sector 5 section in this minute when Owen's pointing to it. It's not meant to be meant to be viewed with a magnifying glass like the fans like to do it's it's just uh, really only because you know as you said universal went and released it as a map that uh as a yeah. poster that the issues started to happen and of course it's made even worse because this map was reissued in like a sepia tone for fallen kingdom with labelings for the bunker and for the bunkers, and of course with that big whole lagoon on the coast error that they now have. <laughs> and yet, like I said, it's, it's this same exact map, so the gyrosphere lines still connect, and the monorail lines still connect to where the lagoon should be on that Fallen Kingdom map. And of course, an entire section of the um, mountains has been cleared in the north, where they exist on the Jurassic World map, but not on the Fallen Kingdom map, for there to be the Gyrosphere Valley, which, of course, we know, based on the movie, is not actually there in that where it says it's supposed to be. But that's how geography works, isn't it? The mountain, the because it's a volcanic island, it keeps on changing over time. That's that's why this map looks different to the '93 maps, <laughs> or, or so we've been told. To... <laughs> Supposedly, but I mean, it's just. Geology or not, there's no amount of... I mean, Kilauea has been erupting for like the last 40 years continuously, and Hawaii hasn't changed its shape that much, mm. you know? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, didn't want to, I didn't want to spark the debate. I do, I do appreciate here they do have a road actually going to where the North Dock is in Fallen Kingdom. We don't see that in Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. For the evacuation animals, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, head over to Jurassic-Peter.com for uh, the full write-up on the map, the map article, the map debates, and uh, the images of the maps themselves. There's a good high-quality map there you can print off and put it on your wall if you're not uh, too worried about the. Uh, I won't say inaccuracies, just the. It's uh, not quite being bad right. photoshopping. <laughs> yeah, but it is interesting just because I mean, like you said. That's the North Dock up there, which means we never actually see the East Dock, despite having props for it in both Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, outside of those security camera footage that we get in the first Jurassic Park movie. It infuriates me with everyone, that sauna crate, thinking that sauna's going to be involved. But the marketing photo where we had the, the, the East Dock sign in Jurassic World, we had the East Dock sign again in Fallen Kingdom, 
on the actual dock when they were filming, and both of them were completely re- removed or not included in the film, and now everyone thinks uh, that this sauna crate's going to mean we're on sauna. <laughs> like I've said, I mean, there are kind of some evidence pointing for, some pointing against in in Camp Cretaceous, less, much, much shakier evidence in um, Dominion, but people got to remember that Sorna was the factory floor. If you have crates from Sorna, it's going to have a shipping label that says Site B. Mm-hmm. Even if it's on Isla Nublar, even if it's in Palto Alto, even if it's in Jurassic Park, Japan, it's going to say where it's going where it originated we have boxes upon boxes at work that say china on them does that mean we're i'm actually in china no it just says that <laughs> where that's just where the box originated you know mm. hoskins you wanted this to happen you son of a bitch oh, jesus how many more people have to die before this mission starts to make sense to you it's not a mission it's a field test this is an engine situation now. All right, Dave, we're going to get into Minute 88. I am. All right, Minute 88 of Jurassic World opens with an impassioned speech by Hoskins and ends with Owen calming down a stressed blue. As we continue into Minute 88, Hoskins is continuing speech about watching tomorrow's news and about how you're all going to save lives. No, your animals are going to save lives. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be reporting on that story. There's no news crews on the island. Unless he's got a uh, he's got some sort of media pack ready to hand over once this issue is contained. Yeah, I think that's what is more likely is that he's going to write up a quick report. Uh, Maserati Marketing is going to spin that and then release that to the media as a press packet. And I'm sure they'll have some sort of press uh, conference or something later that day or maybe even the next morning. Depends on how fast they can get their act together. Unfortunately, as we'll see in the next couple of minutes, this plan doesn't go as planned, <laughs> and I don't think there's going to be a press packet that chain shines a favorable favorable light on this little escapade. No, there'd have to be money, a large quantity of money involved as well, uh, just so they report on this this good this good thing of the Raptors or being able to stop the Indominus, and not the fact that it escaped in the first place and has killed people. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. So. But uh, Owen stares at Hoskins and turns his head to Barry. And Barry says, they've never been out of containment. It's crazy, which I agree with Barry. <laughs> and Hoskins doesn't wait for a reply. He just turns around and yells, let's move out. And as the uh, en- vehicle engines start up, um, Hoskins turns to address Owen again. This is happening with or without you. Which is insane. He's seen earlier that Owen was in the pen with the Raptors and they they, they went for him. <laughs> he, he had no control then. <laughs> For the second half of the whole, uh, the whole raptor incident in the pen. Yeah. Well, I mean, from uh, Hoskins' point of view, he did. But anybody who's actually paying attention to that relationship going on and has some contextual understanding of raptor behavior, which the audience does, Owen does, and Hoskins really doesn't, you can see that the raptors are actually pushing Owen towards the opening of the cage and they would have struck if even if that gate was wasn't closed and if it wasn't closed it would have been much worse for everybody hmm. yeah plus it's we, we he's gonna explain to the kids in the next minute that uh, he's the alpha 
and they follow his, him and everything else. We know Barry and some of the other handlers are actually handlers, so I don't know how much involved they would be with the training or just the day-to-day looking after the animals. So putting someone else in that alpha position just doesn't seem like a good idea at all. No. Especially because the relationship only works because Blue respects Owen and the rest of the Raptors respect Blue. Hmm. You know? Yep. Exactly. But that's when we cut to that uh, topographical map of Nublar lying on the table as Owen points to section to an area just below Sector 5. We know she's in Sector 5. This is a game we call Hide and Seek. It's a scent drill we've done a thousand times with these animals. When they get on target, and they will get on target, wait to engage. This is a little bit different to chasing a pig around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Especially because despite pigs being as intelligent as they are, they are not here on the level of the Indominus, you know? And then it sort of gets a little goofy here, sort of the, him explaining Velociraptors. It just takes me back to Burke uh, <laughs> filling in the crew in the Lost World, where at least that's a little bit more informative. We're here, Owen's sort of like, Velociraptors are pack hunters. <laughs> they like to herd the animal into a kill zone using his hands. It's sort of, it's like he's not 100% sure on what he's saying either. <laughs> I mean, he only knows their behavior based on what he's observed and perhaps any stock footage engine might have on file. Hmm. So, I mean, it's not like he's, as Barry said, they've never just let him out for a run. Hmm. He really, he really doesn't have any kind of capability unless he got to interview Grant or Ian Malcolm or somebody who's seen them actually out and in action, you know? Well, I'm sure someone like Muldoon, we know his gripe against the raptors in Jurassic Park, and that's well after they've been introduced into the park setting. Surely he's creating reports, or he, he, he clear, clearly says that uh, they should all be destroyed, so surely he's been writing some sort of reports to Injun saying this is too dangerous, um, especially when Hammond's not listening. He's trying to go over Hammond <laughs> to the board or whoever. Um or even just something simple like a, just having an old school diary on his desk that he's writing, um, writing instances, occurrences, observations of the raptors, stuff mm-hmm. like that. That surely in general would still have that documentation at the headquarters. Well, again, I mean, field notes only go so far, and you guys still have to keep in mind that the person who's writing it doesn't exactly have a favorable view of the raptors in the first place. So. <laughs> He's not. It's not something that he might. That he would. It would probably be something he would start with, but it's not something he's going to go on after observing them himself. You know, <laughs> especially since the raptors that they have have been specifically bred for docility and handling, whereas the the ones that Muldoon was dealing with were much more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, big difference there. But... Yep. <laughs> But uh, as he said, we're going to herd the animal into a kill zone. That's when we take our shot. Get a clear shot, wait on my command, and give her everything you've got. And uh, we've got... uh, Well, I have one good target. Gentlemen, do not shoot my raptors, please. (laughs) Which is a great little addition there. Um, Because I can just see... The ACU troopers there being uneasy. One, about the raptors being out. But two, them going after the Indomus as well. When they're all standing there, as we see later on... Uh, you'd be inclined to take them all out <laughs> while you could. 
then especially like if you miss, they're gonna come after you, all of them, and that's the problem. Because as this kind of goes back to what Owen said earlier, where that if you electrocute the Raptors, they're not gonna trust anybody. So if you shoot one of the Raptors, uh, five years of research has just gone down the tubes, mm. you know. Yep. Yep, and unlike I know some predators where you can fire fire a rifle in the air and it will scare them away. These these yeah, they if they think they're in danger, they're gonna try and take that danger out. Anything else on uh, Owen's brief before we cut to the raptor cages? I guess. Uh, no, I think we're good. Yeah, it's pretty pretty basic. Uh, letting everyone know what's going on. Again, it would have been a bit a bit uh, a bit more authority if Josh Brolin was doing it. And not Chris Pratt, but, um, mm-hmm. but uh, as the minute ends, we do cut back to the uh, the animal holding cages as uh, Owen's carving Blue down and inspecting the camera harness on her head. I don't know if we mentioned last time we seen these animals in these these head restraints. I know with cattle and everything else, when you go to put them into cattle crushers and all that sort of stuff, you only get one shot. We see here even with Blue, uh, like straining against the restraints mm-hmm. I'd love to see them each time they have to try and get these animals into these restraints <laughs> whether they've, they've got a rat there and they just lure them in or, or what the go is because you'd think especially with how intelligent they are after the first time they know mm-hmm. what happens in those those head crushes whether they're getting immunised or mm-hmm. um, vet checked or whatever else I'd, yeah <laughs> and I mean they're smart but we really don't know if they truly understand that like people poking and prodding them with needles and tweezers and stuff are for their benefit you know mm. yep not true but uh heading over to novel comparisons uh, there's a little bit more here hoskins uh, stares at owen and claire um they have no argument for him they have to do whatever it, whatever they can to save the people on the island from the indominus uh, owen looks at claire and she sh- shook her head slowly no uh, Alan realizes he has no choice Hoskins is going to use the Raptors no matter what and then he sort of addresses Hoskins and says if we do this we do it my way as the soldiers leave the briefing area Barry tells Alan this might work <laughs> so he sort of got Barry turning towards his side there but Alan replies that's what I'm afraid of and lastly Alan calms down blue but her head isn't in the cradle like we saw in the film. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that next minute because she's just in her cage and he sticks her hand, his hand in and puts on her head. So there's a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more of a bond there we see that we don't get in the film. Um, mm-hmm. Reminds me of a song from when I was a kid. Don't stick your fingers in the tiger's cage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is a bad idea. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, I hope that's all we got for minute 88. Dave, how about we get heavy for the day? All right.